0: Hello and welcome to a very special episode of the Cinemaniacs podcast, 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 Hey guys, what's up? It's Aiden here from the Cinemaniacs, and I just wanted to take a moment to tell you uh, a little bit of what's going on. So, um, Lewis is cheap, okay? So Lewis is uh, real cheap, uh, and he, he's not really committed to the Cinemaniacs thing like I am. Uh, so he decided that he would rather spend... Um, several weeks in, in Colorado with his family, then, um, in a cramped, dusty, um, sweaty, hot studio, uh, with me, um, eating, eating lots of fish, uh, and then cooking the fish in the microwave and then just like leaving the mess there. Anyway. So like I said, Lewis, uh, is, is not, is not in the studio this week. Um, but I am, I'm in the studio, baby. Anyway. So we wanted to still bring you guys an episode. That's right. Look how much we care about you. Um, so we, we definitely still wanted to bring you an episode, um, and we didn't want to try and record it over zoom because Lewis has really bad service and we didn't want to just have nothing at all. So we have a bit of an interesting episode for you guys today. Um, we, Lewis has recorded his thoughts on the movie. He watched it and recorded his thoughts and sent them to me. And so I'm going to be playing those intermittently throughout the, the, um, my, my sort of summary of this. Uh, and, and we're just going to randomly hear lewis's thoughts and you know some of them are funny some of them are, are thoughtful but they're all really good i, I very much uh I, I very much uh enjoy this format i think it's really fun i hope that lewis will be back again soon but up until that point uh i hope you guys enjoy this so um we're just gonna have a little bit of music playing in between now and, and the, the rest of the intro so uh here we go do 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 from, um, from, from do
1: guys if Aiden already broke the news I'm sorry but uh basically I could not make it to recording I am in Colorado and that slam you just heard was the infamous sound from my last podcast the words podcast you can go find it on anything but basically uh last year in Colorado um I was with my friend and we were, uh, actually in this car recording our episodes. So every time we started, this is a Jeep, uh, it's a Jeep uh, CJ seven. So it was a 1980 something CJ seven. Um, so basically every time we started an episode, we would slam the door before we started. So I just thought it would be fitting. If I just slammed the door and boom, now we're at it. And guys, I'm sorry. I couldn't make it, but don't worry. I have included like 10 minutes of content um of me talking about the film and he's just going inters- to Aiden's just gonna intersperse it within the episode so hopefully you enjoy um yeah, it's kind of a different episode i mean but it's still gonna be good it's still gonna be good really
0: you're gonna get an aiden-centric episode uh this week and maybe next week we we haven't really figured it out we may have something cool coming up for you guys um well, i mean we think it's cool you guys might be like no never do that again stop that immediately so you guys will just have to tell us what you think um I'm sure the amount of listeners, uh, the the amount of listens that the show will get next week, (laughs) I'm sure that that will also be an indicator of whether or not we should try that format again. Um, But yeah, I mean, let's see. What all do I need to say at the top of the episode? Um, It's really odd trying to record by myself. I'm literally just sitting in a closet, talking to myself. um, My face pressed up against the screen. yeah, so, I, I mean, I don't really have a lot of, of other things to say. You guys are going to get a lot of really nerdy um, analysis and crap uh, from 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 this uh, from your favorite Cinemaniacs host. So, I think that there's a lot of new films to talk about. Of course, we have Cruella coming out. Or, it's already out, I should say. Um, it, it came out, um, I want to say the 28th, I think. The 28th of May, 29th of May. So, um, I mean it looks incredible it's uh of course humanizing a, a classic villain which i mean you can take of that what you will personally i think that i just really like emma stone that's why i'm into this i'm also into like psychological uh thriller dramas so I, that's that's another reason i'm sort of into this movie um but i mean i, I just sort of have a have a i have a bit of an issue with like trying to figure out how to humanize every single villain obviously everyone has a story um But I mean, you know, sometimes we can take that too far, I think. Um, Let's see, just loading up IMBD now. My connection is poopy. Um, Did you guys know that the um, Tom and Jerry movie has a 32 metascore? Awful. Just awful. Walking Chaos, starring Tom Holland and Daisley Ridley, thirty-eight Metascore. Awful, just awful. Um, I'm trying to see. All this stuff has already sort of come out. There's a Bob Burgers movie. I mean, Bob's Burgers is an all right TV show, but I mean, it's just not great. Yeah. So there's a, there's a couple new new films uh, coming out that I'm very excited about. One of them, um, we all know, I, I have a lot of love for um, Wes Anderson. He has a new um, a new film coming out, actually. It's supposed to come out in May. I doubt it's coming out in May considering, uh, well, I'm recording this on, on Tuesday, June 1st, um, and it, and it's not out yet. So it'll be out later this year. Um, but it stars the, uh, Timothy Chalamet and Elizabeth Moss and um, Francis McDormand, who was in um, Nomadland, which won Best Picture. Uh, of course, uh, that was uh, directed by, by Corey Zhao. Um, and then, of course, there's uh, the movie that we're doing this week, which I'm very excited about, *A Quiet Place Part 2. Um, I mean, not a lot else to say about it. Uh, it's gonna be—I I mean, it's gonna be an interesting, um, it's gonna be an interesting watch. Um, I'm not exactly sure what to think of it. Um, the, the first one was good, so I mean, sequels are always hard. Um, I mean, really with that, I've I've sort of rambled for a really long time. Oh, and M. Night Shyamalan's new movie, Old. Um, a lot of his his most recent movies haven't been nearly as good. I didn't like, um, Split as much as I liked Signs or, um, oops. I didn't like Split as much as I liked Signs or Unbroken or Sixth Sense or The Village. Um, but I mean, it's M. Night Shyamalan, so you know it's going to be interesting and, and crazy. All right. And I think with that, uh, we're just going to to cannonball directly into a quiet place. All right. So first, let's look into uh, who who directed this. We have, of course, John Krasinski as the director. Um, you may know John Krasinski. He was in a little show. It's not it's not very um, well known by a lot of people, but it's called The Office. Um, he he played a, a small character, really a side character, um, named named Jim Halpert. Um, that's probably his best known role. He was also in 13 hours, uh, weirdly enough with the guy who plays Roy, wink, wink, a little bit of, uh, office humor for all my, my Dunder Mifflin fans out there. Um, he, he's also been in, um, Jack Ryan on Amazon. Uh, I think he does a pretty good job in his directorial debut. Um, actually he might've directed a couple episodes of the office as well. I can't quite remember. Um, so the The writers are uh, mostly people I've never heard of. Um, we have Brian Woods. Uh, he wrote. He was one of the, the writers of the screenplay. Um, it looks like he's also a writer on, on Quiet Place Part Two. And then, of course, we also have uh, we have um, Scott Beck. And it looks like he and it looks like he and Brian Woods have have written on some sort of the same um movies. So so he, Brian Woods, Scott Beck, and John Krasinski all right, um, wrote this together. The screenplay is by all of them. Really weird because when you look at John Krasinski, um even in his bio, uh his his bio on IMBD mentions Jim Halbert. Like that's sort of the first thing that it mentions. So um like I said, very well known for for that role starting in this we have of course John krasinski you know who who of course he plays in this uh, but we also have John krasinski's wife her name it's uh Emily blunt her, her Emily blunt you know she's in all of these different films um she's in she's rumored to be in a um a new version of live die repeat and repeat um she's of course gonna be in quiet place part two um she's gonna she was in Mary Poppins returns of course as Mary Poppins, um, very, very good actress, um, especially in this film. She, she sort of nails it um, with all the wedding stuff, or not wedding stuff, but like having a baby stuff. Um, what else do we need? Oh, yeah, so uh, this, this has a 7.5 on IMDb. It has an 82% uh, on Metacritic. Wow, it has a really high score, a 96% on Rotten Tomatoes. There's a very small cast, and this is something that Lewis mentions later on. Um, very, very small cast, which I think is really interesting. It's, it's, it's sort of super tight knit, super close, uh, together. And I, I really appreciate that. It's like, it doesn't need too many people. It doesn't need too much. Um, it doesn't need to have that much going on. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is a small, isolated story about a family, um, that, you know, they're together. They... Um, and like, that's really the theme of this is, of this movie is family and, and is, um, the sort of, uh, affectionate love for family. Um, and so Lewis does, uh, in his, in his, um, some of his stuff, he, um, occasionally we go, we'll go into, uh, narration and occasionally he just has thoughts. So in the, in the moments wherever he's doing less narration, more thoughts, I'll do a little bit more narration. Uh, but whenever he's, um sort of moving it along, I'll, I'll be doing that. And I'll also be providing a little bit of backstory as well. Um, so, so just before I, uh, cue up this, this first Lewis clip, I want to, um, uh, so it starts off on, uh, on day 89 and this family is, um, all, they're throughout this, um, uh, they're in this empty town, which is really cool. Um, we don't really have time to go into it now, but uh, you guys should look up pictures of liminal space and that's sort of what this reminds me of this idea of liminal space, this um, sort of emptiness. Um, so they're, they're looking for some medication for their oldest son, Marcus. Um, this is Evelyn um, Abbott. Uh, so she she gives uh, uh, she gives Marcus uh, Evelyn gives Marcus some of the medication and uses sign language to reassure her deaf daughter Reagan um, that her brother is okay. Reagan checks on the uh her younger brother Bo, who dies really quickly, really, really sad stuff. Lewis, we'll get into that in a second um, who's drawing a picture of a rock on the floor He sends Regan rocket. That's how we'll get away, and there's something so sweet and innocent about that that just is so much more heartbreaking um so they like uh Lee, you know. Uh, finds out they have this toy, and he gets frustrated because he's like, they're, "They're gonna find you. and They're gonna kill you." But then Reagan, of course, gives him the two um, AA batteries back, and this is what's about to happen is probably the most second most emotional, poignant uh, thing that ever happens is that their son dies, of course, because he he turns on the rocket, and it's it's really interesting because that's the first real sound that we hear, right? Like that's we just hear the rocket powering up, and you it's this wonderfully directed scene. Props to John, John Krasinski for the, the way the scene was um was directed, but like you see you you hear it and you see um flashes in the woods of the monster getting closer, and then you see uh Bo standing there with a rocket and you see Lee chasing towards uh like rushing towards Bo. And then of course it's too late. Um and, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot it over to Lewis really quick for because he has he has some more thoughts.
1: So, I mean, of course, the film opens on day 89, which means that they have been in this, this state for 89 whole freaking days, and basically, like, we don't really see, like, any signs of life. Kind of strange to me, um, just because, like, when they do a- a- an eventually move um, to that other location, when they light the fire, they do see other people, um, and so that is kind of weird.
0: I really love that Lewis's first uh, sort of thing that he mentions about the film is uh, the inconsistencies of like, where are the people? Um, Which I actually think is a really interesting point because like, where are all the people? Um, That's a really good uh, question to be asking. Like surely more people would have survived and more people would have learned how to thrive in a silent community. Um, I don't know, maybe I guess they were too loud. I live in a pretty loud house. So I think our family would definitely go go out pretty quickly um uh but maybe maybe part two will answer some of those questions that's really the reason why we we ended up doing this film uh this week is because we know that uh part two is coming out fairly soon i should really figure out when um sometime this year um and like soon soon too i think it's been pushed back the release date's been pushed back a little uh so what 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 you're going to hear next is um Lewis is, is going to address some of those inconsistencies and he's going to, he's also going to talk a little bit about sci-fi versus horror. And I think it's a really interesting uh, thing to bring up. Um, and I'm going to talk about that a little bit more on the other side, uh, because I think it's it's really interesting to, to think about, um, is this movie a sci-fi movie or a horror movie?
1: Um, on their walk. The, so, but I mean, you really have to make the stretch for this movie because it is a movie, like, based on just, like, like, something that seems really unbelievable. It's, like, it's just, it's sci-fi. And I actually, I watched it with, with a, a, um, a good friend this time, and he kept arguing that it wasn't actually a horror film. It was just suspense. Well, I argued back, no, this is, this is, this is a horror film. Like, this is a horror film. It is labeled under a horror film by everyone, like, by any, all the, all the movie publications, like, it is, it is a horror film with a sci-fi, uh, aspect to it, I mean, the, in the, like, it is done really well, the, 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 the killing of, um, BU, who is the, 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 the little boy, really, really well done, I mean, it's just a great way to start off the film, um, with that just sharp, quick, just, death i mean it just really it was a it was a powerful moment and it really freaks out all viewers and gets them ready for the what 45 minute wait period before really any more action uh like any more uh killing occurs and it, it just sets you on your feet you're tense you're ready for anything
0: yeah so i think lewis makes some interesting points here um i am interested to know who is the who who's the friend that he, he was talking to if it was if it was um friend of the pod um, IT Guy Jack, because um, I think that's a really interesting point is that, like, I mean, on one hand, does it matter whether or not we define this as a horror movie or a suspense movie? And I think it does, because I think it. I think it's important to know what genre you're working with. I am more inclined to put this in the genre of horror movie. Um Rather than suspense, I think it's a horror movie that utilizes classic suspense tropes, but I don't think that I, I definitely am still thinking it's a horror movie. Um, when I think about um, when I think about classic horror, I think about um, things like uh, which it's it's actually being remade, but Candyman, um, and I think about more modern, um, also Jordan Peele films, um, but. Um, Get out and us. And when I think of suspense, I think about more contemporary things like Alfred Hitchcock's *The Birds*, or um, *Psycho*, or *North by Northwest*, which are scary films, um, but they're not horror films. Uh, Even though people get murdered, um, they're not—they're not classified as horror films. They're classified as suspense. And I think that okay. So you may still be wondering why does this matter? I mean, it's just you know, it's just a—it's just a name, right? No, but I think it matters because what we. Talk about like because it changes how you think about the movie. If you think about this as a horror movie, you're going to watch it differently than if you think about this as a suspense movie. Um, you may have certain like predisposed ideas about it, um, versus uh, like, like you may have certain predisposed ideas about the, the horror film versus about um, a, a suspense film. Anyway, sorry, that that's me being pretentious and um, thinking, thinking way too much about it. (laughs) Shocker there. I know. So, um, but I also really like what Lewis said about, um, the death of the film, like drawing you in and then keeping you there for the next 45 minutes before any action happens. Because, um, I think that, that I I agree, like that's a, that's a mark of a good film is that it's, it's able to like hook you in and keep you there while it, it goes through some of the, I mean, for lack of a better term, some of the slower parts and some of the I mean, th- what we see for the next forty-five minutes or so is like these more emotional um, aspects of the film. Like we find out um, the relationship between um, between Evelyn and Lee is, and that, that it's strained, and she doesn't feel like her father loves her, um, and and like and, and even that he blames her for the death of their child. Um, and and her her younger her her younger brother Bo, which I think um I think Lewis said was was Boo I think is how Lewis pronounced it earlier, um so guys roast Lewis for saying it like that it, it's definitely Bo, um so moving on it, it's day uh uh four seventy two. And uh, the, the Abbots are on their uh, at home on their family farm. Lee's in the basement of the farmhouse. I do wonder if they stole the farmhouse. Like, I wonder if they, like, lived in, like, an apartment. <laughs> and, like, once everyone died, they're like, oh, solid, we have this nice big farmhouse. Probably not. They probably have lived there for a long time. Um, So, you know, Lee is doing surveillance. And I really love this scene because we get to see a little bit of the lore of the story. Um, And I remember the first time I watched it, I think it was – Couple months after it came out, and and all I can think of, like it was, is there going to be a sequel? Because there's a lot of stuff left to be uh, unexplored. So we see a couple, um, we see a couple notes that he has that include like blind attack, sound, and armor. Um, so uh, okay, so we, we continue thinking. Um, we we see that um, they're they're preparing for. Um, they're preparing for uh, the birth of, of their next kid that we find that Evelyn is pregnant uh, and Lewis sort of goes into this. Lewis will go into this in the next little section, but we find out that he's pregnant and that they have to prepare so carefully. We, we have to, they have to prepare so, so carefully for um, the, the, the birth of this baby. So they don't all get eaten by these aliens. So, we, we sort of uh, look in the basement and then there's this really sweet scene that I can't stop thinking about and I've been thinking about for a long time. Um, it's the scene where they're dancing uh, to a Neil Young song. I think it's Harvest Moon, but I could be wrong. Somebody correct me if I'm wrong. So Evelyn comes down the stairs. They share this moment where they smile at each other and then they dance. And there's something so, there's something so sweet about that. So next I'm going to let Lewis talk a little bit about um, the, the overall atmosphere of the, um, of the film. And I think it really talks about what we sort of mentioned earlier um, with, with the sort of tenseness and the um, like where we would classify it.
1: So they knock over this lantern um, and this is kind of like the, another set you off point. It's another one where you're just tense on your seat, waiting for someone else to be killed, but no one else is killed.
0: So yeah, feeling tense, feeling intense. Um, so what you're about to hear next is—is is I thought about making this a bloop, but uh, it's so it's so funny, and it's it's very Lewis, um, to to point this out. But um, Lewis sort of lo- loses his mind just a little bit about the the corn and how and how perfect um how perfect the corn is so i i do have um about 36 seconds of of lewis talking about corn that i just want i just want to talk about for a minute
1: there is one thing though that just really really confused me he has perfectly rode corn stalks you realize how much work that would be to get perfectly rowed corn stalks well i do you have to row them with a machine you like it was just perfect you got to do it with a machine and machines make sound so for that to have been perfect uh definitely a mistake made in the movie but nothing you can't nothing you can't not put your head around like i am i'm just gonna i'm gonna put my head around that
0: i just love that he he noticed the the cornrows um that is just oh my god Lewis, come back soon buddy we got a, we got a podcast in person um so next we're going to so the next thing that happens is um is we take um where where sorry i lost it um All right, so Lee, um, so Lee uh, has Marcus uh, come with him uh, on this little excursion. Lewis calls it a fishing trip, I believe. Um, But so so Lee sort of forces uh, forces um, Reagan who who, Reagan Reagan. I don't know, my man. It's it's not good for me to try and pronounce names, but. so he he has her stay with his mother, with with um Evelyn. Uh she's checking her blood pressure, her due dates in just a couple of days and she places this stethoscope on her abdomen revealing a strong, healthy heartbeat. So like everything is looking good. And we know that in horror movies, if everything is looking good, stuff is about to happen. Sorry, I got the hiccups now. Um So, you know, uh Reagan uh, wants to go, and Marcus is actually scared. Um, she, she runs to her room and, and tries uh, on the new um, implant processor that she has, and they don't work, and she's just, she's just devastated. Um, then she packs and, and leaves the farm. And then we sort of transition the scene, and, and Lee is taking his son to a river nearby where he teaches him making small sounds is okay as long as there are louder sounds nearby, which is an interesting I, – I wonder if that's supposed to mean anything deeper. It's okay to do small things as long as there's a bigger thing around you to cover it up. Maybe I don't know. I I don't think that that's something that we should all live by. I'll be honest. Robbing someone of of, of five bucks is okay if you know your your buddy is robbing the bank for a hundred. Just saying, it's just that seems a little bit suspicious. Um. Uh. Anyway, um. So w- w- there's this emotionally poignant. Uh. Th- there's this emotionally poignant part when when Marcus asks his dad why he he doesn't let. Reagan come, and if he blames her for what happened to Beau, um, because she blames herself, and and Lee says that it was no one's fault, Marcus tells him that if he still loves her, he should tell her that. Dang. Like, seriously. What? What a powerful thing to be told, is that, like, if you love your daughter, you will do this for her. Like, that's a tough thing to hear for sure. Um, so, so we also find out that, um, during this conversation, Regan has arrived at the walking bridge where a makeshift memorial has been constructed for Bo. Um, she unwraps the object from her dresser and we discover it's the space shuttle toy. She then uses pliers to cut a wire, which enables the toy to light up without making any noise. Um, Just like this is a literal representation of how much she still blames herself for what has happened. Like, it is a literal memorial that only she has made and only she truly knows about. And it's just this physical representation. And there's a literal, like the literal thing that got him killed, she has. And now it it doesn't make any noise. Like that is some powerful, um, that's some some powerful stuff right there. Um, So back in the house, um, Evelyn is carrying a laundry bag from the basement when it gets snagged on the stairs. Foreshadowing. She manages to pull it loose, causing her to fall and exposing a point of a nail sticking up from the stair. You idiot. Sorry, 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 sorry. So um, next, Lewis is going to talk a little bit about um, sound and that emotional
1: stuff. She's right there. She's two, two weeks away from having her baby. This is day 473. Um, and she has a strong, healthy heartbeat. And what's great about this scene is when she puts them in her ears, she just kind of like relaxes because she likes the sound so much. She just relaxes because it's sound and you really don't get a lot of sound. Um, especially, like, just when you're in, like, a quiet place. So, the dad and the son go fishing, uh, a great scene where the the son really learns, like, kind of the rules about the the place, like, um, pretty, it was great, and then the other girl runs away, um, a sort of weird thing, she just doesn't think her dad loves her, she thinks that her dad blames her for, for what happened to the son. you you kind of you kind of did kill the boy but
0: it it so just a little bit of background here is is lewis um sent me all these audio clips it's like 12 minutes of unfiltered lewis audio and and there's just this this section in it and you just heard it when he was like well you you kind of did kill the boy and it it just cracked me up because it's like <laughs> it, it was just really funny because it's like on some level, yes, she was responsible for his death, but it's not as blunt as you killed the boy. And I just love Lewis that you were like, yep, you, you, you did, you killed him. You straight up murdered him. (laughs) It made me laugh out loud. Um, so yeah, um, let me, hang on. I, I was stupid and I got to pull up IMDb. Done. (laughs) <laughs> Those are not gunshots. Hugh Jackman's in a new movie called The Reminiscence. He's kind of of dick. Gotta to that. that. Okay, so on the way home, Lee and Marcus are startled by an old man coming out of the woods and notice the the dead body of his wife on the ground nearby, which is a little bit of like really, that's really scary because Lee's like, that could be my wife. Or, or that could be me, you know? Lee implores the old man to stay silent, but instead he lets out a primal scream. Lee grabs Marcus and runs as the man is quickly scooped up and killed by the monster. Back home, Evelyn's water breaks. She heads down to the basement and impales her foot on the exposed nail coming up from the stairs. Can you say, home alone? <laughs> That's literally one of my thoughts whenever I looked at this. It's like, oh my gosh, it's just... It's home alone is what just happened. Um, we just watched marv stick his foot through the nail but anyway a very uncomfortable scene um i think lewis talks about this yeah uh so lewis is about to talk about that
1: earlier in the movie we see this nail come up and uh as evelyn is walking down the stairs uh trying to get away from well actually she's not trying to get away from the monsters yet but she walks down the stairs and her foot just totally goes into a nail which makes me cringe every single time i watch this movie and i've got to say The directing for that, like, just the idea for that, I love it, I love it. Actually, now the monster's been alerted, uh, and her water has just broken, so she's actually hiding in a bathtub now, and this scene is just, it just gets more and more intense, which is why I love it so much.
0: I think Lewis is is, is dead right. Is um, this is where the action really starts ramping up, and it starts to get very um, suspenseful uh, and very exciting. Um, because so so she goes into the basement and she turns on the red lights, of course, you know, which serve as the warning. Um, the, all these like red light bulbs uh, they, they serve as a warning signal. And she searches the the shelves for a mechanical kitchen timer. Uh, the alien or the the monster slowly walks down the stairs into the basement. Really love that scene. How it's just sort of like crawls and then so um so it's, it's like listening and then the timer goes goes off um and, and the the alien attack or the, the monster attacks it as as evelyn runs upstairs and then she gets into the bathtub of course and she starts to give birth and birth is such a loud process like i've never been present for an up for a live birth um but i, I have I, i've seen lots of tv shows where you can just hear how loud um you can hear how loud it is and how painful it is. And so like, this is an insanely tense scene because this monster is about to eat her as she's giving birth. You know, it's, it's crazy. So Lee returns home and he's just horrified to see that the red lights have been switched on. He, he signs the word rocket to his son then tells him, I need you to make a sound louder. Um, so, so Lee grabs a shotgun as Marcus sprints off to the designated area and lights a fuse Which uh, which sets off a series of fireworks. Brilliant, really intelligent choice right there to to have like this um, worst-case scenario disaster preparedness thing, where you have this um, louder noise that will happen just in case. Like I think that's really clever. Lee searches uh, the house and walks into the bathroom where he sees an empty bathtub covered in his wife's blood. He starts to weep, believing that Evelyn is dead, and discovers that she is safe hiding in the shower with their new baby boy. Marcus, meanwhile, is running back towards the house when he hears a monster. He makes a run for it, uh, he makes a run for it into the cornfield, but runs straight into a tractor wheel, knocking himself unconscious. You know, honestly, I can't think of a safer place to be than unconscious in the cornfield, because that means that, like, no one is going to be able to... Like you're not gonna be making any noises, you're not gonna be doing anything else other than being unconscious, right? So I really, I really think that that that's uh, an intelligent choice on his part. Um. So Reagan has returned home and she knows the me the beam of Marcus's flashlight coming out from the cornfield, but cannot hear the alien coming up behind her. But as the alien moves closer, Reagan's uh implant processor starts producing a high pitched feedback which uh distresses the alien, causing it to run off. Regan finds Marcus and they retreat to the top of the uh grain silo and here uh Louis has some thoughts about the grain silo, so here he is,
1: our old boy Louis Louis Velou kind of weird that the uh metal thing was so loose on that silo um that they were just able to fall in, and then the metal thing kind of stays in the corn. Uh, even though they're sinking, the metal thing doesn't sink. Found that a little weird, but also I, I get it. Like I think I think it wouldn't sink usually, but I I don't know. Like there was just something off about that scene. Um, and
0: yeah, so sort of moving on from that, they um they're, they're in the silo and and both of them are drowning. And and Reagan doesn't seem to think that her father is going to come for them. Um, Marcus signs, don't worry, he'll come for us. But Reagan shakes her head, replying, "He'll come for you." <laughs> Jeez, what a what a tough thing to to hear from your sister um and and like what a tough thing to believe as the sister like that is it's just such an emotionally poignant moment um in the film and and we're about to see we're about to have a very um large emotional payoff a very large catharsis um coming out for her character and and for, for several of the other characters but um So they crawl out of the silo and into a pickup truck. Lee has arrived on the scene and grabs an axe, but is quickly attacked by an alien, which causes Marcus to scream. Upon hearing this, the alien heads for the truck and starts ripping it open. This time when Reagan's processor starts piercing feedback, she turns it off. Now the alien can safely resume its attack on the truck. Lee, who is badly badly injured, makes eye contact with his daughter and signs, I love you. I have always loved you. He then lets out a yell to sacrifice himself to save the kids. They put the truck in neutral and roll back to the house where they reunite with their mother. This is an incredibly powerful scene because, I mean, we don't hear a lot of dialogue throughout 99% of the film. We don't hear a lot of sounds, verbal sounds, 99% of the film. We heard him, we heard Jim Halpert talk a little bit um, early on to his son. Um, but we really haven't heard much otherwise. And now we hear him yell and it's such and it, it, it's like, it's, it's this huge moment because like suddenly the silence is broken, you know, like he's finally making noise and it's this noise of sacrifice. It's like this, it's, it's an incredible scene. Um, and it, and it's sort of, it's sort of punctuated by the fact that he signs to um he, he signs to uh, Re- regan that i i love you i've always loved you um it's this moment of like catharsis for her and this moment of um power for him not not power uh i mean like it's this moment of like um completion character resolution is what i'm thinking of um really for both of them lewis has a couple more thoughts on on the rest of uh this sacrifice scene
1: then we see just the major sacrifice guys this happens in any good film. There's always got to be that sacrifice at the end, and I'm really scared because in Wonder Woman, of course, they killed off the guy, like, they sacrificed him, but then he came back in the second one, so it wasn't a true sacrifice, and I'm scared that A Quiet Place 2 is going to bring him back. I'm not looking up anything. I'm not trying to find him. All I know is when we watch the trailer, you see him in it, and I'm just hoping that that's a flashback. I hope that he doesn't come back, but I also, like, kind of want him to come back because he was, like, a great character and all. And Lee, finally, Lee does it. He sacrifices himself after telling the daughter he loves her. And that is the greatest scene in this film. Just that. And then they they don't show the death. And so that, that is what I want to know. If he actually died. I think he did.
0: So... After after this, um, they, they roll back. They're, they're reunited with their mother, um, and they head down to the basement. Reagan, who is n- never allowed down there, sees for the first time the evidence of the work her father has put into uh, repairing and creating the uh, implant processor for her, her hearing. She's overwhelmed with emotion, and just as the lights begin to flicker, kind of like Stranger Things, the alien, uh, the the, the, um, the monster walks down into the basement and has them cordon. Reagan, however, scans the handwriting. Uh, handwritten scribbling from her father and reads what is their weakness and then it takes a quick glance at the hearing aids on his workbench and she realizes um the thing that's been coming up over and over she turns on the the processor creating feedback and the alien starts to shudder Regan then amplifies the processor by holding up the processor to a microphone the alien collapses and slowly staggers back to its feet but Evelyn has grabbed Lee's shotgun and blows its head to pieces and they, they sort of realize this they realize that more aliens are coming; they're on their way. I've just sort of given up on calling them monsters at this point. Um, they they they're finally on their way, and but Regan turns up the speakers while Evelyn pumps the shotgun, ready to face the monsters. chicka! chicka, chicka. And so that that's it. That's um, this has been our episode on um, on a quiet place, part one. In preparation for a quiet place, part two. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, i i hope you did um we we have a little bit of stuff left to do lewis is going to give you his final thoughts on the film and then on the other end of that i'm gonna um give you mine so just you know strap in because it's lewis talking for like seven minutes so
1: here we go kind of unrealistic that the whole u.s military couldn't take it down but then the mom just somehow can but also i hate to question this film because of how well done it was i mean you can't you can't answer every question especially in a sci-fi world You really cannot answer every question. And that's what I love about this film. They don't desire to answer every question. They just go for it. And that's a great thing about a lot of movies. Where, like, there's just unanswered questions. And they're not going to answer them. Because you don't need to. Like, it's still a true and a good story. And this is one of the greatest horror movies I've seen. uh, Personally, because of just how well it was um, produced, I feel like. Like, it was just... So well directed and acted. Um, I mean, you've got Emily Blunt. You've got the director himself. um, And then you've got the kid from Wonder from uh, another film. I forgot. Um, And you've just got this girl. um, She's definitely into other things. I just totally forgot. Um, And it's the small cast that really gets you. Because if it's focused around this one family, it's way more gripping than a group of people. Or like, I feel like it's a lot more compelling and gripping really good, a really, really good and well-made film, I mean, Aiden owns the exact film, so he owns, like, the DVD, like, who buys DVDs anymore, but he owns it, and, like, I don't want to own it because of how well and good it is, um, what else did I, what else, um, uh, just, just the idea of it is just really mind-blowing, but it is something that could totally happen, um, and I think, like, just the mind of the director was there. And he did sound a lot... It did it did make um, a lot of similarities with uh, uh, Stranger Things. Um, I thought it did. And so, I don't know. But, like... Put that aside. It's still a great film. And I'm going to give this movie a 46 out of 50 Brad Pitt's. Guys, 46.888 out of 50 Brad Pitt's. So, yeah, thank you. I know that I barely... I, I didn't get too many clips um in the episode but thanks for uh listening to this um this is the cinemaniacs
0: all right and so guys i think that just about does it for this week's episode um thanks for bearing with us as we're as we're figuring out how to how to connect over long distances lewis come back soon buddy we miss you um this is a terribly hard thing to do with one person and i'm sure that everyone has tuned out by now um, of this Aiden-centric episode. I'm going to say that, I, I have said that as many times as I possibly can, because um, it's all about me this week. Uh, I hope you guys have enjoyed this episode of the Cinemaniacs, like, sincerely, guys. Um, it's really great to, to log on to Anchor religiously and check and see how many, um, listeners we have, and, and those of you who have stuck around for so long, um, thank you guys a ton. Um, I know that if Lewis were here, he would say something funny, um, probably or you know you know funny or maybe slightly obnoxious we'd have to see but you know you know lewis guys you know lewis he's like we i like to think of us as your your parents like lewis and i are are your parents and and you know us really well and we know you guys really well i don't know where this uh analogy was going anymore i i I should have just stopped it um, when i had the chance um let's see what what, what should I have said instead? I feel like Lewis and I are your great aunts who like to kiss you on the mouth. No, that's not it. Um I feel like Lewis and I are your scary uncle at Thanksgiving who is like gets really crazy drunk and then talks about politics. No, no, that's not us either. Y- you know what Lewis and I are? Lewis and I are um the Ferris Bueller to your Cameron okay how about that do we like that does that seem alright you guys are our Cameron where your Ferris Bueller will lead you on so many crazy adventures and tangents but you guys really in the end have all the heart you know and there's something really beautiful in that man I've been podcasting by myself for too long essentially sitting in a dark room and just sort of like <laughs> just sort of like talking to myself and, and trying to be funny and failing um, but anyway, guys. Yeah, sincerely, thank you all for, for tuning in for listening. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Um, again, we may have some some special things that we're going to be doing a little bit differently next week. Um, I really hope so. Personally, I hope it'll be um, a good episode. But with that, I think it's time to get into our social, 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 socials. We need a soundboard. If you guys, uh, um want to support the podcast in a financial way of course the best way to do that is on our patreon so i don't have to just do sound effects like that you know um I, we can actually get a soundboard with real explosion noises uh, uh of course you know you can go on you can go on to uh, patreon.com forward slash the cinemaniacs and you can find us guys that would mean the absolute world to us just to donate um and for as little as like three dollars a month you can get you know stickers or mugs or really cool t-shirt designs i think we might um, I'm definitely gonna post a de- uh, uh, our T-shirt again, just so you guys remember that there is official Cinemaniac swag out there. It's some really cool stuff. Um, I'm drinking out of a Cinemaniacs mug right now. That was me tapping on the Cinemaniacs mug. Um, I've got some Cinemaniac stickers on my car. We're gonna be doing in the studio pics this week from uh, from different um, from different locations. But you can of course. Find those on our Instagram, uh, the.cinemaniacs.pod. If you guys also want to email us in um, with with movie suggestions, with your personal thoughts or ideas, uh, the best way to do that, and we will read it out on the podcast, is of course at our Gmail, Podcast at gmail.com, because your boy Aiden over here cannot spell Worth beans, he spelled it wrong. It's IA instead of AI. Cinemaniacs podcast at gmail.com. Of course you can also reach us on Twitter, uh, capital C Cinemaniacs underscore pod. You can also find us on our beautifully redone website, the cinemaniacs pod dot wordpress.com. We are working on removing that wordpress. Um we are also on Discord, so if you guys just want to go sign up on Discord, it's a great place to talk. Everyone in the cinema nation is just chatting over there. We're buzzing, you know, like little bees. Um, no, that's that's too cliche. Um, we're buzzing like mosquito. No, mosquitoes are obnoxious. Okay, we are buzzing like. What's a cool thing that buzzes, guys? I can't think of a cool thing that buzzes other than a bee. You know, so I need some. Oh shoot, I gotta stop messing with stuff. It's been too. It's like you know, nine forty-five. Um, but guys, seriously, thank you guys so much. Uh, for tuning in. If you guys want to do um, go the extra mile. Uh, patreon or you could go on the non-financial extra mile and leave us a review on apple uh apple podcasts guys that's a really cool thing um that we that lewis and i have gotten to experience we've just been able to be like yeah this is cool people really like us and this is what they're saying about us we've had some a couple um really big other podcasts leave us reviews and that's been that's that's meant the world to us it's really been really cool to to see um so if you guys want to do that that would that'd be lovely um I think that's about it. That's that's uh I'm gonna sign off before I uh ruin <laughs> any more of, of the of the episode. Um so for myself and my fellow cinemaniac Lewis, good night everybody. <laughs>